Awe. This is Zaid Krill, the editor of IGN Africa. As you know, here at the Watchlist, I'm the guy that always messes up the intro by saying someone's name wrong. In this episode, I don't do that. Instead, I said that this episode is the sixth episode of the Watchlist, when in fact, it's the seventh. Yes, this is the seventh episode. I am stupid, and I'm learning to accept that about myself. Please enjoy the seventh episode of The Watchlist. This episode of IGN's Watchlist is brought to you by Lenovo. Lenovo, smart technology for all. Awe and salam alaikum to episode six of One Million of IGN's Watchlist. I'm your host, Zaid Krill, alongside a triumphant trio of nerds, starting with the Kervinator himself, Kervin Kluter, the nerd from nowhere, Shadli Desai, and the second Shamalama Ding Dong, Shamiz Patel, Papa Thanasio. How do you feel about hey. that? How do you feel about that, guys? Practicing. Impressive. I'm practicing. I'm never going to get this wrong episodes. again. This is, this is why you're taking these breaks in between weeks. <laughs> yeah, you got me, you got me. It had nothing to do with load shedding that we did in the recording episode last week. It was actually, uh, um, because you guys will remember, like it was the 11th hour before we were supposed to start recording. And then I was suddenly, guys, maybe we must postpone, you know, these problems with ISCOM. Meanwhile, it's pronunciation issues. <laughs> well, it, it was me in the shower, it's like... Yeah, no, no, that's that's not what happened. But listen, I actually before we even like get into the normal stuff, and I, I know I'm late to the party, like really late to the party, but I actually only started watching Squid Games today. You're right? super late. It's super really, late. It's oh. already got dethroned of the number one. Are you on new you are so late. I'm like, like really late. I've analyzed party, it and I'm like done with it. <laughs> no, because what? Just well, the reason is the reason is because why? Like my third daughter was like, no, I also want to watch it. And I said, okay, we're watching Squid Games now. And she's like, no, but I'm, I'm talking to my friends. I'm doing my homework or whatever. <laughs> right. And so today I was like, you know what? I can't. Like you're watching this with us or you're not watching this with us. So we've watched five episodes. <laughs> already right that's what i spent the day doing and there was a second there was like maybe we don't need to record this evening's podcast (laughs) (laughs) this ended on a bit of a cliffhanger and i kind of want to know what's clapping and if i start watching this after we record the podcast (laughs) then i'm gonna go sleep after midnight Um, yeah because those episodes are long dude they don't mess around it's not like a 40 episode it's a full one like, like this, this is one a lot hour, going on. One hour an episode, not a 40 minute it, thing, an hour. And it's so intense that it doesn't feel like an hour each. So, so my wife actually just finished episode six yesterday. Ah. And- and that was that was a that ride. Was, that was a that was, that's a rough one. That, that, that's okay, a guys, doozy. I'm, that was a I'm doozy. not even I'm not I said I finished episode five. What are you doing? You got to we, you. Episode six is a doozy, bro. Uh, it's 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 a it's a rough one. You guys are cock, man. You just have to say, just keep going. <laughs> now I I'm going to be... Look, I look, we are making you regret your decisions, Zaid. <laughs> what, Zaid, suddenly get load-shedding now during this podcast? <laughs> oh, no, problem. guys, I need to go watch. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I started, I finally started watching. I knew it was going to be good. Um, like, even when I saw the trailer, um, I, I think I published the trailer... Uh, like at some point before it actually came out and I was like, this looks very, very interesting. 
And then I immediately put it on my watch list. And the plan, I was actually going to start watching it like immediately. Not having really any idea that there was even any of this hype. I don't know, was there like hype going into it or did it blow no, up organically? No, it didn't. Nothing, nothing really. There wasn't hype going into it. It's once it dropped, it became massive. It, it became yeah. massive like very quickly. And it was actually um, in Asia itself that pushed it. They really, really pushed it. Did you hear about yeah. the poor guy on his, and, and the phone number? And the phone, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> they edited it out. They have edited it out, but it's too late. It was already there. It's too late. And there were, there, were, there were South Korean ISPs that want to sue Netflix now. Yeah, because, because they, they just... Because they, they, they all... <laughs> the network fell over because of all the people streaming Squid Game. <laughs> now they're all wow. Netflix accountable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> massive. It's 111 million households in the first in the first four weeks or something. Something yeah. like that. I yeah. know it's something ridiculous. Bridgerton had the had the record previously, which was eighty three million, and this thing like just blew past it. I think it was one hundred and eleven or one hundred and ten million. It's mad. Just Bridgerton that record. Just as a side note, as a side note, it just shows that people love watching human suffering. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, that's kind of the premise of Squid Game. <laughs> Look, I'll say this: it's not the most original show, but like, like someone I saw on Twitter posted it and says. This is a really good example of a story I've seen before. Mm. It's, it's, it's not it's super not, original, but it's, it's told really it's, well. It's not, yeah, but it's it's executed like immaculately. Really well, it's yeah. a really, really good. They, uh, um, okay, you guys have seen it to completion, right? Yes. All three of you seen it to completion. Two I, days. Like, I, I was enjoying it from the beginning. Like, uh, so this is like really interesting. And then I think the, the part where I fell in love with it, right? I don't know if this is going to make me sound like a horrible person or not. Is when they're playing the game, when they're playing um, Honeycomb, when they're playing the Honeycomb mm. game, right? So then when he like discovers, hey, if I lick it yeah. from the back, it will it will go like easier. So obviously everybody else sees him and then they start licking the honeycombs and then like people mess up and they get the game wrong and then they like start. So there's like this scene of people like licking sweets <laughs> and then like other people just getting shot in the head and it's like the incongruency of this, of, of this, mm. this horrific thing that's happening, but also this cack funny thing that's happening at the same time. <laughs> and I was like having these, these, like all these feelings at the same time. And it's like, I'm laughing out loud, but at the same time, I'm like, they are like just cold blooded murdering these people. And at the same time, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I was like, and this it's is in a giant wild. playground. Yes, so it's colorful. Yeah. And there's the game music. And it's they've got funny. slides and stuff. It's was something else. If There's one thing that's very interesting. And I know like you must've seen stuff out there, but all of the games are on the wall in the dormitory where they're staying in, you can see the outlines of like, it outlines each of the games if you if you pay attention. Okay, didn't notice that. Yeah. Hashtag spoiler. But <laughs> <laughs> we're all here for something else for IGN's watch list where we tell you what we've watched, what we're watching, what we want to watch and we do it once a week, every week when ESCOM cooperates. We also <laughs> maybe bring to all the news in the world of movies, TV, and streaming, and maybe answer a few nerdy questions along the way. This episode was recorded on the 19th of October, 2021, and we begin with the homework. So the movie this week that people selected, and I'm so sorry, Shadley, I know it was your birthday. <laughs> I know it was your birthday, and I wouldn't have minded to watch The Prisoner, but I'm not going to lie. I was ecstatic to find you in one of these <laughs> things, right? It was a narrow victory. It was a narrow victory. It was... 
Well um, done. And, and, and I felt that just a, a tiny twinge of guilt. <laughs> but I mean, we still got a Jake Gyllenhaal. I had a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. You had a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. My Jake Gyllenhaal movie won. But I think Prisoners is a better movie. So the movie that we all had to watch was The Guilty. So The Guilty is a 2021 American crime thriller directed and produced by Anton Foucault. I hope I've said that correctly. A remake of the 2018 Danish film of the same name. The film stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Christina Vidal with the voices of Ethan Hawke, Riley Keough, Eli Gorey, uh, Paul Dano, Peter Sarsgaard, and one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr. The basic plot of the movie is that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays an LAPD officer, uh, Joe Baylor, who is kind of like on suspension and has to work in a 911 call center because something happened while he was on duty that they don't get into. Opening scenes of the movie is him getting calls and being a real dick, actually, <laughs> to some of the people that call in. <laughs> uh, look, that doesn't seem like appropriate 911 call operator behavior. Uh, and then a lady calls in that draws his attention and um, he can't let go of solving what's happening to this woman. And that's like the basis of what goes on. And he does like a lot of stuff that's outside of protocol trying to help this woman. I just, I have to say... Jake Gyllenhaal does not disappoint. I have yet to see a movie with this guy where he's where he is bad in it. Like he's been in, I think only bad he's movies. been in, in bad-ish movies. He's never been in an outright stinker. Like an outright, this is a piece of shit movie. Mm. Like, I don't think that's happened yet. Um, even Prince of Persia, which is not a great movie, but he's but not it's, bad it's, it. But even Prince of Persia has got its upsides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, exactly, I really dislike exactly. it. <laughs> I really, really dislike it. Uh, like, I'm not a fan either, but you like you can't you can't look at that movie and say, oh, this movie was crap because, because Jack of Jack Jack was, No, no. Like, nobody's no, but saying nothing that. nothing can be crap because... <laughs> no, like, he's, he's just so good in this movie. It's like, I think... You, you forget sometimes how good of an actor he is mm -hmm. because he can be funny, he can be serious, he can do action. He doesn't really do, he doesn't often do action, uh, but he can do it when called upon to do it. But he can be happy characters, sad characters. And you never feel like when you're watching one of his movies that I'm watching Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, like, mm. like Samuel L. Jackson is a fantastic actor, <laughs> but you know when you're watching a movie yeah, you're with... Getting you're getting a, char a character spin off of you. Samuel L. Jackson. You know you're what I mean? You're getting Samuel L. Jackson. He just plays uh, himself. Yeah, yeah. And and I think with this movie, um, like I'm sorry to dominate the conversation, but number one, it was my movie and I won. And I just really enjoyed <laughs> this movie. He was just electrifying on screen. And it's like such a difficult thing to do because like I said, the movie, the movie takes place in a single location in this 911 office. You never see the people he's talking to. He only really interacts with three other people yeah. in the office, and it's very brief. Like, like they don't really have, I wouldn't even call it scenes. Like, someone will say, hey, there's a call for you. And it's like, yeah, okay. And it's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Or something like, like it's very brief. So he's talking to himself for the duration of this movie, and it's just completely engrossing. I loved it. What did you guys think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, for me, the thing going into this movie, it was, uh, I knew Jack Gyllenhaal would deliver. Um, Antoine Foucault, I know, is a solid director and, you know, he's he's, he's never, never done like a outright bad movie or anything. He's, he's, you know, some people got different variations of some of his movies, but 
he's solid. My thing going into this movie was I wanted to see if this was a bit of a redemption tour for Nick Petalato, the writer, because he's the guy that, that gave us True Detective season one and then unfortunately also gave us True Detective season two, which, which was just trash. <laughs> just trash. So I wanted to see if this was a bit of a redemption tour for him. And it, I think it was. I think it was mm. very well written. Uh, well, it is a remake. So obviously not his original writing. Um, still well done. But I still mean, very well done. Yeah. And, this is, uh, yeah, this is not like I, an easy script to tackle. You no, know? it's not. I've got to give credit, though, to the guys on the other side of that call. The voice acting, which is uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke and Riley Keough. They nailed it. I mean, you don't ever see them. But their performances, just with their voice, was superb. I mean, you see Jake Gyllenhaal, he can emote with his body and his face. Uh, and they don't. They you just hear their voices and it was superb. So i got to give it to them. Uh, yeah, I, I have to give it as well to Gyllenhaal because his, his acting, his emotion, everything, everything he carries, carries the movie. Like, that's the weight of everything that's transpiring. You buy into what he's feeling. He's essentially your gateway to to this whole narrative. So you have to give it to, to him. And I mean, the voice acting as well, like you, it's all sold on that. It's like the single line that you have. Um, I actually, like I was doing a video, I'm working on a video essay where we talk about um, different forms of narrative. And we talk about um, one of the things is evocative narrative. And it's kind of like how, it's all guided by what you know. And this is a perfect example where like you stripped of all your senses. You don't see anything. You just have their voice guiding you and you kind of have to build this narrative in your head of what's going on. And that's, and they execute it so well. I love Very that. Well. Um, I love that in this movie, there's, there's no action. There's no actual action. There's just phone calls and there's talking. And I was stressed from the very beginning, right up until the end, on the edge of my seat, watching a man talk into a phone. And it was because of how good he was acting. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a valid point because there is the scene, I actually don't want to give spoilers away, but there's a scene. That's where cool. we, we, like, I think people know when we, when, yeah, I'll try my best, I'll try, list, I'll try we, not we to. We spoil but... the shit out of James Bond the other day. We can but spoil the guilty. I was going to say, there's a scene um, where at the end, where the woman is, they so they hear them talk about the woman being on the bridge, you know, at they actually rescuing her and everything. And I was so sure that at that point we were going to cut away from Jack Gyllenhaal and they were going to show like a helicopter pan and everything. They're going to show us mm. everything. But you stay with him, and they they sell it just because of his reaction, what is what is hearing the dialogue that's coming through. Mm. And it's his face superb. acting, his actual yeah. face acting, and his body language was just. There's only so one. One moment in the film when they kind of break away, they don't really do it, but it's like it's like um, the other cop. No, no, this, this the, okay for oh. for those that 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 maybe don't know the plot, you should watch this movie anyway, right? But the basics is this woman phones into nine one one, and what's happening is is that there is um that there's a, there's a, a fires on the mountains, right? So it's like or police and fire department or whatever are stretched really thin. So it's very difficult for anybody to be able to do anything because there's lots of smoke everywhere um, and this kind of thing, right? So a woman calls in and pretends as if she's talking to her child, right? Because she's trying to get uh, the attention. And then Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, being the good 911 operator that he is, picks up on this 
and then he kind of gets this woman to 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 go get to go into a yes no kind of conversation and it's like have you been abducted who's abducted you if if it's your husband say this um, and he kind of coaches her through it and so she's like been abducted by her husband um and then he through his use of clever conversation and listening to what's going on he kind of pieces together her identity and the husband's identity and all of this other kind of stuff but there's a scene in the movie when he kind of figures out what kind of vehicle that they're in and where the vehicle is going and he gets the uh, what would you call it highway like patrol like highway patrol yeah yeah something like that like a uh, uh, Coast, not Coast Guard. <laughs> They're not on the bus. <laughs> it's the California Highway Patrol. California yeah. Highway Patrol, whatever. Pulling and up so in the speedboats. Yeah. <laughs> pulling up in the speedboats. <laughs> on the mountain. <laughs> so this is this, when they figure out what kind of vehicle it is, they pull over a white van. And so the, the film briefly shows these police approaching a white van, but they can't see the number plate and they can't really see the van because there's so much smoke. And that's the only time the camera, you see something that's not in this room. Um, and it's it's the only thing in the movie where I was like, I think that was a mistake. I don't think that it was helpful to us in any way. In any way to see, like, yeah, it didn't, didn't inform. It didn't inform the story. Didn't, yeah, we didn't really get any information from that one way or the other. It doesn't ruin the film or anything like that, but it was just like odd. What's so interesting about this film is is that up until he gets that call, other people call in for like, oh, I've been robbed and someone sold my bicycle and whatever. And he's like a real dick to these people, right? It's like just a complete asshole. But then on the flip side, he plays this character so well, this guy was like, I shouldn't be here. I'm better than this Mm -hmm. or whatever. But when the call comes in and he can say, okay, no, this is a person that is in real trouble. He like jumps onto all all cylinders start firing and he like, he needs to rescue this woman. Well, I also think it's, it's, yeah, I also think it's more as well his personal uh, engagement because up until that point, we, because of the calls coming in from him, him trying to contact his, his ex-wife and yeah. he's trying to get hold of his daughter and it's like you kind of get the feeling he's a little bit of an absentee father to a certain extent. And then when this woman calls in and it's basically she says she's trying to get hold of her, well, she's pretending to talk to her daughter who is now basically stuck at home and it's like, oh, this father is, you know, abducting this mother not to disregard for the daughter and mm. I think that triggers that father response in him he's like he was a crap father maybe but, but he understands but he understands and I was like okay maybe if I save this one girl's parents it'll sort of make up for other crap I'm doing because throughout yeah. the thing is sort of this parallel between his own relationship and you see him you know at mm. times even the weird thing is is that you get this feeling like he's the type of person who was like married to his job kind of thing and yeah. that he might have not been given enough time for his family. And that sort of the feeling I get is that that guilt almost sort of forces him to be more engaged in this call. Mm. But the irony is by being so obsessed with this woman on the call, he then ignores his own family again, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which was kind of a weird you know, situation to be put in. But I think yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's in a way the, 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 the bad guy, quote unquote, the husband who's the bad guy is him. So yes. like he's he's like yeah. like he sees he sees his his own life in what's happening here and he's like that's a road that I'm on and if I can stop this guy from killing his wife it's like I'm saving I'm saving myself or something I'm redeeming my own sins or whatever. That's the thing um, I got that it was sort of a not, I want to say this complex but like. Uh, but where he he wanted to save this woman to prove something to himself that he is a good person that mm. he is mm. 
not as bad as his ex-wife may think he is or as whoever suspended him and put him in the call center. Um, I, th- I think, like, you you turn it on, on a note there because it's like, that's very pivotal to what's revealed at the end about his character and why he's on suspension and the other things that are going on. Like, he's got to prove to himself that he's still a good person, that he can still do his job competently. And that's why it's like so determined to like solve yeah. this case but like the the what's lovely about this film uh this very tense um edge of your seat kind of film is that there's actually two stories happening at the same time like like the the on the surface of it is is that yes i'm trying to this woman has been abducted she's in clear danger i can tell after once i've identified with the husband is i can see that he's been um i think he's got a criminal record for um for spousal abuse or or some kind of criminal record. Yeah, that, he's got the criminal record. Um, I forget, I forget what it was for, but I suspect assault. it was it's assault. Assault, right? So, so that's the on the surface story. I need to get this woman. I need to I need to figure out where she is. I need to get appropriate police to her. Uh, and then, like we were saying at the same time, it's also his own psychological demons that he's de- dealing with. Mm. His obsession with this case has a lot to do with his own like the issues that's happening in mm. his in his own life and i mean like he does stuff that he really shouldn't be doing because like he shift ends and then he goes and finds another computer in the other room <laughs> and then he logs in again so that he can keep he can keep uh, a track of this case and i mean then he, he contacts his his partner like him and his partner are both on suspension for whatever it is that they did <laughs> then he contacts his partner and he's like go to this mm. brass house to go and break him yeah. and break, break him, kick down the door. He <laughs> said that there's a six-year-old in the house that kicked down the door. And he's like, just, just go, just do it. And and his partner's like, Joe, like we got like a court case in the morning. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like kick down the door. No, you go to this house, you find this Brian, you look for clues so that we can figure out where he's going because he's gonna kill this woman. And uh, like shame, man, I felt bad for the one other 911 operator. <laughs> Um, <laughs> promised the beer. That yeah. guy up for failure. <laughs> because I, I, I can't even because I was laughing so that's like a, a because a, he was a, a moment of humor. He was such a douche to this so, and then he's like, "Oh, we'll go for a beer like after shift." And then he's like, he gets the information the that he wants, and he's like, "Okay, bye, Felicia," and he <laughs> just buggers off. Um, but yeah, just determined like to get this family but like okay so there's a twist right there's a twist that happens yeah that's a um, proper twist as, as the story goes on like like a and i'll, I'll well i didn't see it coming no, no, I, I don't think anybody I really, really didn't that's a really good twist it's, it's, but i'll tell you what i did think was gonna like there was a moment there right so like as we were saying his psychology kind of plays into the how he's feeling and whatever so when he realizes what the twist is, but before us as the audience figures, figures it out. So, Kevin, you mentioned earlier, there's a moment where this woman that he's trying to rescue some manages to get herself away from her husband and she's standing on a bridge and she's going to commit suicide, right? Because, like, you know, for reasons. And so then he's, like, listening to this woman talk. And there was a, like, during that period when that was happening, I was like, is this all in his head? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I had that moment where I thought to myself, like, uh, because nobody else is talking to these people, mm. right? It's just him. And the cuck this woman is saying is like, sh- she's like, um, she's high or she's, she's not saying things that a rational person would say. And there was a moment there where I was like, 
I think that he's talking to nobody. Yes, especially like because he's, um, he starts having revelations in that moment about yes. his own situation. And he he's starts like facing becoming, his own yes situation. He becomes like very manic and stuff. And I was like, oh my god, he's like, like he, there's nobody on the other line. He's that's why he's like alone in this other room. It's just him talk. Like he literally is talking to himself. Um, and then when that didn't happen, it was like kind of because like the movie kind of led me down that path. And it's like, no, no, it's a real person. <laughs> it's a real person. She's the crazy one. And the husband is actually trying to save her. Mm. That was, um, didn't see that so coming. That, that's what I, I really enjoyed. Like I said, like this is, you know, like there's so many films and series that, that rely on some versions and like, but they just fail flat. But this is like a film that does it like really well. Like they completely subvert your expectations and they do it like in the best possible way. Because you only, you only feed like so much information at the time and that's all you can build like this, this whole case, what is going on. So for me, the reason why it was so good, that twist was because had I been in Jake's seat... I would have had the same assumption, made the same assumptions he made. I'd have mm. believed the same things he believed. So when the twist came out, I'm, I'm as shocked as he was. Yeah, because like you really don't see it coming. Like it does a really good job of pitching you the scenario that we had in the beginning. This is a woman that was abducted by an abusive husband. Their children are stuck at home because he just grabbed them, took her. They are um He's going to take her somewhere and murderize her. And then you find out, no, she, actually, she, she's crazy. And she hurt one of their children. And that's why he grabbed her. And he's actually taking her someplace to get help. Hmm. Um, yeah, he took the, he had the knife because he took the knife off of like From her, yeah. And the, the funny thing is, if you listen to the children's dialogue as or the girl's dialogue on the phone, when you she actually explains at one point she doesn't like trust the police because they took daddy away. And mm. and it's like, you thinking, like, you know, because they say he was previously arrested for an assault charge. And, but yeah. she's actually like, you know, this is the guy that's protecting us. And you yeah. guys, guys going to come take him away again. It certainly makes a lot of sense because they, they're mm. playing with like those subtle, like, assumptions that you are going to make. You're like, oh, he was there for assault. So he must have abused the... And the child is probably scared of him. So it's like, that's why she doesn't want to be seen with the police and all of this. And so you build all these assumptions and then it's like flipped on its head when she starts talking about the snakes and you're like, wait, wait, wait. wait." You're like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? Where did this come from? (laughs) I will, Gervin, you were saying earlier about Anton Foucault, right? So I, as soon as the movie was done, because I, I, you know, like, you know, when the movie started, it, 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 I haven't seen an intro to a movie like this in a long time, where it's just the aerial shot of the city and the people's names appear. <laughs> There's no plot happening. So I wasn't paying attention. I was getting water or cool drink or whatever or something, right? So I didn't see who the director was at the beginning of the film. And so when it comes to the end, I'm like, who directed this movie? Because, like, it's it's really well put together because it's a very claustrophobic space. Um, the the location where the shooting isn't particularly exciting because it's just a darkish room, you know, early in the morning, whatever, with tables and computer banks and phones. It's not, you know, there's there's not really much going on there. But yet the film is dynamic and there's, mm-hmm. there's movement and there is 
clever use of close-up and wide shots and um, reasonable, like blurred effects when necessary and all of this other stuff. And it's like, Anton Fuqua shot this movie, right? Because mm. I've never seen him do anything remotely like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like the the last movie I saw from him was Magnificent Seven, I think. It was, yeah, okay. it was okay. Which is a, which is a, which is a fine action mm. movie. Not the best action, it's a fine action the, movie. The fine. other movie I've seen was actually this year, which was Infinite, which was, yeah, that was not fine. Not, not fine. <laughs> not fine. <laughs> but this this actually has like an interesting story because the film was shot in eleven days. Yes, and Anton Fuqua was COVID positive. No, no, he, he wasn't COVID positive. He came into contact with someone who yeah. was COVID positive. Oh, so yes. they thought so they thought he might be. So he isolated for this. Yeah, he he shot the entire film from a van across the street. Yes, with with screens. Wow, so, you should make all these movies like that. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, they had at one point, then Jake would say they want to talk to each other, then they put a ladder against this one wall, which would, if he's, Jake climbs up yes. on the ladder, he can look over and he can look to the van where Anton is sitting. So he would, he would, they would say, he would say, cut, and Jake would run off, set, climb up the ladder, and then look over like, and ask him, is this okay? Can I do it like this? Okay, you can do that. And he runs back again and he films the next scene. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, but it's, really, days. It's, it's really impressive considering like the quality of film that yeah. was made. Like I'm I'm actually really sad that this film didn't have a theater. I, look, I, I get it. I understand why it didn't have a theatrical release. It's not like given the pandemic and all of that other kind of thing. I don't I seriously doubt it's a movie that people would have made an effort to go and watch. Mm. Right, like now more than ever, people are only going to cinemas to watch blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. temples, right? temples, spectacular. They want. Yeah, they we want. need lots of explosions and special effects, and otherwise we're not going. And and that's fine. I I I can understand that, right? But it's like as small as this film is, right? I would have loved to sit in a cinema watching this. I would have mm. like it. It would have just like it would have in. Enraptured me in a way, like in a cinema that it's I that focus don't... that you get from being in a cinema. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, it would have been the best thing. And and um, look, I don't know. There's a thing that happens with with the streaming services where, like, every now and then they put out a real gem like this, right? Like, I mean, look, we know Netflix's cinema <laughs> movie content is all that. It's quality of um, quantity of quality, <laughs> right? There's a there, there's a level there that they at, and every now and then they do something that's uh, mm. like amazing, right? And usually that's calculated because they, they they they're doing Oscar bait. And I think this movie is another should should get Jake Gyllenhaal another nomination. This character is incredibly nuanced and layered and complicated. And, and he, the movie is basically him. Yeah, it's him. It's ninety percent Jack Gyllenhaal. It's not him doing exciting things. It's him in this tiny room. He didn't even have much to work with. Yeah, it's just him acting his ass off. That's that's it. You know what? Uh, what this movie kind of reminds me of. I cannot remember, but I'm sure one of you will remember the title of the film. Do you remember that movie that Ryan Reynolds did where he's buried, buried alive? It's called Buried. Was it Buried? Yeah. yeah. Like this movie's better than Buried, mm. but it's it's in a similar thing with because I mean like that was even worse for Ryan Reynolds. He had to lay in a box <laughs> for the whole movie, and that one that film never cuts. Yes, from that box. Um, but there's there's um, there's a similar vibe because look, that movie is very much a gimmick. Um, yeah, it's like um, what's the one with Tom Hardy? Uh, uh, not Tom Hardy. No, the one with Tom Hardy. Lock. 
Yes. The entire film is him on a phone in a car. The, that's the entire film. It's yes, just talking to people I, on the phone in the car. I thought maybe you were talking it's, about Phone Booth with Colin Farrell. No, not that. Stuck ah. in a phone booth, which was also a very good movie. Mm. So it's like it kind of took that idea of like a person locked in a place, but there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more going on. This it's, it's much meatier. It's not just about a person trapped in a place trying to solve mm. a problem. It's that too. Um, but it's how it executes another, on that and yeah. delivers on that. So good. Um, no, it it kind of breaks the cardinal rule of like show don't tell because it goes the complete opposite way. It's <laughs> it's tell don't show. But it's telling you the wrong thing, so there's that. Exactly. But I will say, like the dialogue towards the end from Jake Chill and all, like that was for me that was really captivating because it really revealed a lot about his character. There's the moment where she picks up the brick, and he says, um. Oh, I actually wrote this down now. So it's like he says, um, "Do it because he fucking deserves it," and that's kind of the mindset that you you see from him when you get that big reveal where he reveals. So spoiler alert: like he shot a nineteen-year-old because, according to him, he could. You know, and that's you see that sort of unraveling, like that tension of being an officer of needing to solve a case or go about like that day to day and the stresses that he's under. And like, mm -hmm. this is just like a microcosm of that. And like, that was essentially the powder, the, the, the spark in the powder keg that obviously led to him being now on trial and everything. And I think like that dialogue, when he, re he reveals, like he, he says, like I shot I shot a man and then he like reverts back. He says like, no, I shot a boy and I mm. did it because mm. I could. And that's like really powerful because he's, he starts like acknowledging a lot of his own faults. Yeah. It's, it's the actual, the, the title of the movie sort of gives it away. The guilty. Yeah. It's, it's him. He's, he's the guilty. He's the, guilty. And the, the, the movie is sort of about of him trying everything to sort of, you know, almost, Absolve himself. Up. Yeah, absolve yeah. himself of this crime. Eventually gets to the point you realize he, he can't. He just has to accept his guilt and face yeah, it. Yeah, like he's done this thing, this horrible yeah. thing, and, and there's no going back on it. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he saves this woman. That, that you know, it's he's done it. It's, he needs to face the you know, face the penalty for it. Yeah, and he, it could have been worse for him because had she committed suicide, it could have ended up way worse. Or it could have changed. It could have potentially ended up with the kids being orphaned. Exactly. If she actually killed her husband in the process. I was very I was very stressed out from when the officers already went into the apartment and then they find out about the baby. And that was Oh yeah, the baby. Oh, that was I was like, oh no, this is this is a lot. I'm like, I'm a I'm a father to like a three-month, four-month-old, and then it's like, no, this is this is a lot of stress for me to deal with right <laughs> now. But it's it, it, it plays really well into those emotions, and you can't fault the film for doing that. Like mm -hmm. that's that's the premise. That's what it needs to do. It needs to feel that that fire in you to be like, yeah, get him, get this better. Only for you to go, Ooh, uh, oops, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I jumped the gun there. On the on so, the flip side, sorry, I was going to say on the flip side. While this conversation was going on, I was just happened to click on something on Antoine Fuqua's IMDb list, and I saw something now that just sprang out at me. So Antoine Fuqua's big break was obviously Training Day. That was the mm -hmm. the movie that put him on the map. 
Do you know what his first feature film, directing feature film job was? Yes, I do know, actually. It's Replacement Killers. Yes, The Replacement because Killers. Because I saw it and no, I was like... Captain Mirror, so I was like, what? He did that? That was, a, that was an okay movie. But that was almost like a John Woo ripoff almost. Yes, I, I, for I the like, longest time thought that was a John Woo film. And then I like, was like, Anton Fuqua. What the hell? I'm seeing this now and this is just blowing my mind. I can't believe he directed that. Now that you mention it, I think I did actually know that. That's why I think I was because I never watched the, like I I could be completely misremembering this. I'm I'm old, right? There's a lot of fog in my head. Um, but I kind of remember people talking about him uh when training day had come out and I I didn't see the, I I think I only saw that movie like uh, for a, like long after it had actually come out because it didn't seem interesting to me, to me at all. And I remember, oh, this Anton Fuqua and Training Day and Tensor Washington won an Oscar for Best Actor and Best Support. Was it Supporting Actor or Actor? I can't remember. Best Actor. Best Actor for Training Day, blah, blah, Gladiator blah. got robbed. Not Gladiator, what was it? No, Gladiator. He won. Uh, no, I don't know. That year, I thought someone else deserved it. I didn't think he, Denzel should have had it. it no, I don't think so. Mind or something. So uh, and then I was like, this is, but that guy directed that. Mediocre action movie. <laughs> <laughs> like a training day, like if, if, I, if I remember the hype and run up to training day, it didn't, it didn't seem like that was a movie with, um, you know, like it didn't seem like an Oscar baity movie. You know, it looked, mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like a, an action thriller. Um, and then I, it was okay. Like, look, I'm with Gervin on that. Like, like Denzel Washington is a phenomenal actor, but I that's not the better. movie. I That's think he's done better. Like that movie was, a, I enjoyed it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a great movie, actually. I just think that Denzel has done better oh, yeah, roles, no. Hands down. and I think he was more deserving roles than than that. They've been, they've been like he, 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 I think the 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 King Kong speech, mm. right, is what people always like go for, right? Because like, look, it's a like King the, Kong ain't got nothing on me. Like the guy, like. He's doing all the business in that sequence, right? Because, like, even when you like you watch it now, still you like look at Denzel Washington doing that scene, right? He is saying all the right words of a person who is in charge, but he is pissing himself <laughs> because he knows like these these people are, can take me out if they want to, and no one, my body will be gone, and no one will know, right? So it's all this false bravado, and that's a hard thing to do, right? To, to pretend to be quiet, but, pre- but, but pretending to be quiet, you know, <laughs> like, to pretend to pretend to be pre- to be to like, quiet <laughs> kind of thing. So I get it, right? But like when I watched that whole movie in total, I was like, that bruh, that's not his best performance, not by mm. a country mile, no ways. Um, but it was it was a beautiful mind, by the way, Russell Crowe. That's the one I was supporting that day, and I thought he got robbed. So. There is one, another obscure movie that, that Fuqua did like after that. Wait. That is, no, it's King Arthur. Yes, like, I, I knew that one. I knew that, that one. That, it's just like such a weird, like, what the? <laughs> me me I, and Kevin watched that movie together. No, 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 that one, not that King Arthur. You're thinking about the terrible uh, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, uh, no, that was, that, that was Guy Ritchie. Yeah, that was yeah, Guy Ritchie. So, no. No, we, we, we were talking about the one with, with, uh, with, um, Clive, Owen, with Clive, Clive Owen. Owen and, and Keira Knightley. Yes. Oh, that movie was actually not... I actually enjoyed that uh, movie. I thought it was bland. Yo, it was. Like it. it was very bland. Like, I like how Shobiz is like, 
I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that King it's Arthur, other okay. than the guy Ritchie King Arthur, I'll give it that. The guy Ritchie King Arthur was three movies smashed into one with some video game cutscenes pasted in there as well. That oh. was awful. Some, there were some interesting ideas, but it was awful. But okay, to conclude, right? So we reviewed The Guilty. Sidant, uh, uh, I can never say Sidant's surname properly. I'm going to have to look at it. Um, Is it Papa Tanasio? No, it's not Papa Tanasio. I'm mess up somebody's name in this episode. Um, what's going on with, with this computer? Sidant Achlaka, I think his name is. Um, and now, of course, my computer's frozen, so I can't scroll down to the verdict. But anyway, we gave the guilty a 7 out of 10. Let me stop. Okay. IGN reviewed the movie. Uh, uh, Sidant Adlaka reviewed the movie for IGN. He gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, yo, what's going on? Like, technology's against me, guys. This is like that time when me and Shamiz were trying to do a Google space together, a Twitter space. Oh, let's, not, let's not talk about it, please. I don't like me okay. the next night, I will tell you. Okay, my Google Chrome is not responding, so I can't even come back to you guys. on. Me, no, we can hear you. No, I know you can hear me, but I mean the, the my browser. I will, I will get the review of you quickly, Zayn. Here we go. Verdict. Jake Gyllenhaal shines as a 911 dispatcher in the guilty Antoine Foucault's remake of a Danish thriller, which attempts to reframe the one-man, one-location story for modern America without changing very much. Its efforts at social commentary mostly fall flat, but its thrilling moments and Gyllenhaal's intense performance largely make up for that. So that isn't, there is a, there's yeah. a criticism there that I saw That's a lot of people echo, um, <laughs> which, which I didn't feel because I haven't seen the original, but apparently this is very much a shot-for-shot kind of remake. Um, I haven't seen the original, but a lot of people say that Fuqua's direction didn't change a lot. Um, and the stuff that is changed, a lot of people say is better in the original. So maybe we'll mm. track it down and we'll check it out. I did like what he had to say about um, social commentary, because I think that's a reference uh, to, like we were saying earlier about like Jake Gyllenhaal's character having, sh- having shot um, a 19-year-old. Um, mm. Obviously, he's a white cop that was a black youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it is trying to to talk about like that situation in America, but I agree. It's like the movie doesn't really lean too much into that. But I and um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's like the movie is not trying, it's not really trying to talk about that. It's not. It's not um, like that's a thing that happened. That's a thing that he did, but that's not actually what the movie is about. But that was the guilty, like a movie that I really, really enjoyed, and I was like glad that I that I selected it. So that means it's time to pick our movies for next week. The plan obviously was like we were going to watch. I was going to nominate horror movies all of October, or at least for a good portion of October. And of course, now we've lost a week because of uh, ISCOM. So my horror movie selection for this week is The Old Ways on Netflix. I have no idea what the movie is about. I am deliberately not reading any synopses or anything like that. Netflix recommended it to me and said it was a horror movie. And um, and so I was like, okay, I'm watching it. It's consistently been in the top 10 movies since it was released. So that's generally a good sign. Um, so that's my selection, The Old Ways. Um, I don't even know if there's anybody, I'm like really making an effort to go in blind. So I don't even know if there's any big name actors in it. No, or not, no, or not at all. Like, don't spoil anything. Don't tell me no. anything. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say? I want to go in blind. Your curve. 
there are no big name actors in it, Kevin. <laughs> wow. Well, I can see it's a movie, eh? <laughs> it's definitely a movie. <laughs> and, uh, there's opening credits, there's closing credits, I'm sure. And then in between that, there's people walking from left to right and right to left. So, so Zed, there's a spoiler. It came out in 2020. A uh, whole movie ruined. Why, why even watch it now? Like now I have to change my selection. Like, why did you do that, bro? Like, why must you be like that? Oh, my bro. Shadley, you're every day picking violence. <laughs> I am. In fact, like, that is going to be my choice this week. I'm going to choose, like, violence, cult violence in the form of Apostle. Gareth Edwards' film. Um, Gareth Evans. Evans. Evans, 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 yeah, sorry. Don't worry, I was, I was I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the raid and the raid too. And this is intriguing because he's, he's delving into like horror territory. I haven't seen the film, came out in 2018. Yeah, cults. What, is what's that, that, is I... that the movie with Dan Stevens? That's the one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That look, uh, I remember wanting to watch that and then noping out. Because <laughs> I got scared. So, <laughs> so yeah, there, there we have it, people. <laughs> so he's scared of a puzzle. I'm not even gonna bother nominating anything because kid that's gonna win now because everybody just wants to see Zay poopy pants. <laughs> um, so yeah, my choice for this week. Um, I don't quite have a horror movie. I couldn't really find something that I really had on my list, but I found a action slash comedy slash horror so <laughs> it's a bit of a mix of stuff called the trip um it's a norwegian film from uh tommy wickler Vrkola. he's a norwegian uh, director most famously did dead snow the two dead snow movies which were actually quite fun comedy horror movies and then unfortunately also did hansel and gretel witch hunter um we won't talk yes, about that. that is, remember that remember what i said oh, when, I, I, when was it that we were talking about Jimmy atterton yes remember we spoke about <laughs> It's yes. like a, a yes. lovely actress, clearly but, capable, but, but terrible somehow radar when it comes to movie choices. That's so why this I'm one, scared to watch the things, man. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. <laughs> so this movie, it's um Wustar, Numira Page and Alexei Hennel. And they basically I just I, I haven't even seen the trailer, but I love the, the actual concept for it. It's basically a dysfunctional couple that go on a week weekend away to sort of patch up their marriage, except they secretly each planning to kill each other and but while they're there they get attacked by other people trying to kill them so they have to work together to kill the people trying to kill them what while is, they're trying to not kill each other <laughs> so, the lovely this, second this is, chance movie. this is yeah. very complicated so yeah i just looked at it i was like okay this sounds interesting so there we go the trip on netflix okay. i'm gonna go with uh, pride and prejudice and zombies based on pride and prejudice and zombies the novel Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Zaid's favorite movie, by the way. Listen, the time, I'm, look, the I'm, time. I'm giving you so I'm giving you a warning a month in advance. But Christmas is coming. You're gonna make us watch bad you Walmart know, Christmas I, movies. Eh? I heard that there's gonna be Christmas load shedding from now until December. No, like Christmas. Shadley, Shadley has already given me an idea of what my first Christmas nomination is going to be. I don't oh, name it. I moment, tried to get Netflix to delete it. I tried. Did I you guys? Out. Did you guys see talking about Christmas? Did you guys see the trailer for Home? Home. Home Alone. Home, home, sweet, sweet, home oh, alone. Good God! It's so <laughs> bad. 
It's so I, bad. I hated it. I hated it so much. That trailer is so bad it that it makes me want to go watch Home Alone 3 and 4, the ones that got released to DVD, just to see maybe they're actually better. Maybe they can redeem this one. That's terrible. Trailer, but now I want to see it because it sounds really bad. I, I actually kind of want to see it. No, 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 Zay, no. I think it's Zay's turn to choose violence. No, but look, it's, it's on Disney Plus, so we don't have um, we don't have access. So I've only seen the the trailer, um, but I f- I don't I can't remember the name of that boy, but he's in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Um, so that gives me that gives me um, hope. hope. And no, then, but I think I think this move because Jojo Rabbit he was great, and I think you saw Jojo Rabbit. You think this kid is gonna go places, and after you see this movie, you go, this kid is gonna go into the toilet. Because no. <laughs> this this looks shit, <laughs> like shit. <laughs> this kid is curious, gonna be stuffed after this. <laughs> yo, bro, don't be so negative, and yo, yo. No, it looks bad. Maybe looks bad. maybe the trailer was just got really bad. No. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't know, right? I, I don't know when when we'll actually get an opportunity to watch it. But I, I'm actually, I'm like not, 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 not hating it. I will hate watch it. I will full on hate watch it. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Because look, it's this I'll kid every moment of, who's been very glorious. capable. It's um, Kimmy Schmidt. The actress that plays Kimmy Schmidt. It's... Um, like, there's a lot, of, a lot of actors in there whose names I can't remember right now. But like, quality like surrounded him with with quality actors um and i think whether this movie works a lot is going to hinge on his charm in much the same way that the original like hinge on macaulay Culkin being able to carry the role um, and just based on his performance in jojo rabbit i'm like i think i think maybe this could be something interesting i first look i don't think that mean the world needed another movie like this no it's just a very odd. It's a very odd choice of director as well for this film. It's Dan Mazer. He's the guy that collaborates with um, Sasha Baron Cohen. They like co-created Ali G and Borat, and it's like they do that, and then they like make a Home Alone remake. This I is kind of odd. I mean that that is kind of. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I, so I, I was, when I saw that, I was like, am I reading this right? That Dan Mazer? Then I took it up. I was like, yes, it is him. It's the same guy. Did Bruno Porat and Bruno. It makes me a bit more curious. Like, look, I don't know. We, we'll see it all we want. But I, I, I wasn't hating it. I can tell you that much. Uh, okay, cool. So we, next week, please, people, we are voting for The Old Ways, a horror movie of some description. I know nothing about it. I'm purely basing that on uh, the Netflix algorithm recommending the movie to me. Uh, Kervin has uh, nominated The Trip. Uh, Shadi is doing The Apostle, which is like an honest-to-God horror movie. And Shamiz has selected the excellent Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's a really good movie. I can't believe you've never seen it. I can't believe I haven't seen it. Like, it's 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 your kind of film. I know. But good. <laughs> they chose violence. Wow. You know what? I accept. That's okay. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. I'm not even going to wow. correct you. Um, Just for that, Zay deserves to watch a parcel this week. <laughs> the only reason I will not be voting for parcels is because I do actually want to watch Pride and Prejudice. So, otherwise, I totally would have done it just to get it. Have you read the book, um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? I've got it somewhere. 
um, but I haven't uh, haven't read it. But it's it's actually interesting to me because I've I've seen other film adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. Um, I'm trying to think. Was it um, was it Emma? Uh, what is the woman's name? Not Kieran Knightley did Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, like I've seen that movie, which is very good, and and it's actually funny how much this film does not deviate from that original story. Um, oh, I'm so excited. It's, it's I weird. love the Pride and Prejudice story, which is why it's quite ridiculous I haven't seen this. Yeah, look, I, from what I understand, the book is much better than the than the adaptation, um, which says a lot about the book I've seen because the film the is... the opposite, actually. Really? Mm, yeah. I think maybe... When I went to look up the book reviews, because I was considering reading the book, obviously, um, when I went to look at the book reviews, it was mixed. And a lot of people had come from seeing the movie. So maybe it's one of those things that depends what you did first. Yeah, like like um, whether you watch Dragon Ball in Tab or Sub first. Always watch really, it in Tab. <laughs> Always really watch it in Sub. <laughs> really changes. Well, I, mean, I was a really kid, so I watched it English Tab. In dub. I, mean, I, was, I, I was like nine. Did you, let me ask you something, Shamiz. Did you go to, like, did you go to UCT or UWC? UCT. UCT. Oh, okay. So then you like did did I'm not sure how old you guys are. Like, but did you guys did either one of you maybe go to UWC I when Dragon Ball Z was? I wasn't. I wasn't Pentec at opposite street. Pentec. Pentec. CPUT kaput. I hate it when you say kaput now. Yeah, CPUT. Um, Shadley, did you go to UWC maybe? No, but I was. I was. I was. I was at the time. I was studying when Dragon Ball Z was on TV. Um, but I was a bit of an anime snob because I, 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 I are you one of those people? I hated, I hated you Dragon Ball Z. I hated, I hated you, Dragon you, Ball Z. Oh, I could not imagine you being an yeah. anime But you, you seem so down to earth in I know, I know. Me like, of all people, come on. Because <laughs> I, I like Dragon Ball Z. I used to run from a dresser so that I could get down in time for it. Yeah. <laughs> You must understand when I was coming from things like like Ninja Scroll and Ghost in the Shell and that, then you come to Dragon Ball Z with this terrible animation where guys fight for all that fight where a guy goes ah for three episodes, you know. <laughs> that's just, just, and then you like, I, like, see, yeah, yes. like I will not accept DBZ slander. Like <laughs> next to next to Loki being my ultimate character that's ever been created in fiction is Vegeta. So don't start with me. <laughs> Prince of all Saiyans. <laughs> um, I used to hear like stories because uh, I had a lot of cousins that all went to UWC at the same time. Um, they didn't plan it that way; it just worked out that way. So they. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody was going to accuse them of planning it, but. No, but if you know them, if you know them, that's exactly the kind of shit that they would do, so that they could be together to to catch on shit. But anyway, they used to tell me like. Uh, in the uh, the student center, I guess, or something like, was a place where you could have. Um, I've never been to UWC, so like, like there's like lots of tables where you could eat and stuff. And there used to be a projector yeah. that would play in TV. the cafeteria. Yes, yeah, like right. So then, when Dragon Ball Z came on, people would shush. Like you need to keep quiet. Everybody must keep quiet in the whole. And like, just think about it, right? It's like first year, second year university students, but nobody's talking. They're just all that. sitting there watching Dragon Ball Z. And it's like, if you start talking, then everybody else says, you must have your pick. 
Listen, nothing. That you was the answer. That's really fun. The first hand experience <laughs> of those fights. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, I, I was like. I need to make a plan to go and visit just one day when Megapulls is on because I need to experience this for myself. And I was just thinking about that like as a as a cultural phenomenon. Like that was a thing that used well, to happen. The thing is for a lot of so my 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 nephew stayed with us and he was he was he's a good couple of years younger than me. For him, Dragon Ball Z was his first anime. And and for a lot of people of that generation, it yeah. was the actual gateway anime. So I can completely understand the, the the adoration and stuff. I'm a bit older, so I, like I said, I grew up with this other stuff that was, just from a pure technical perspective, it was done mm-hmm. better, it was superior, better writing, better art. So when I, when Dragon Ball Z came out, I was like, ah, eh, this is yeah, crappy. Yeah, like it was like the most accessible at the time. But it was. It was super mm-hmm. accessible at the time. It was. Yeah, because it was mean, just on TV. I was I was one of those guys who was, you know. Getting back then when it was still the sci-fi channel, they used to play anime like super late at night, like 11 p.m., 12 p.m. at night. They'd play like these random bloody shows and you used to have to record it and hope tomorrow's episode will be actually a follow-on <laughs> today's episode because it could be a completely different show. <laughs> so I, and I was that guy and getting stupid, you know, dubbed copies from people, VHS copies of Street Fighter anime. So I was heavily into anime culture before Dragon Ball Z ever came out. And because of that, I have to admit, it made, not, I won't say a bit of a snob, but it sort of, you know, they had that barrier of getting into Dragon Ball Z, but I can I completely understand the the fascination and you know the love that people have for it. I was even though um, it's done. Shadley and I had a, a bit of a back and forth on Twitter. I think it was where I mentioned the in the end, Lincoln Park Dragon oh my Ball God. Z videos, <laughs> and not just in the end, but a whole playlist of them. And it, was, it sort of happened at the same time that I was also obsessed with Lincoln Park, and not just me, but. A lot of yeah, kids no. that were my age. It was a mad cultural movement, it's, especially in the West. That anime music <laughs> videos. Oh, it started were. like just picking up, and that's why. Isn't it? It's like funny, right? Like, like when you like mentioned like Lincoln Park and Dragon Ball Z, right? It was like YouTube at one stage was like ninety percent anime music videos. <laughs> anime music, yeah. There was one. There was one with Kinchin and adding Lincoln Park. There was one with me that I, I, I to this day I still have to find it again. There's one with Raruni Kinchin and uh, Huberstank's um, yes. uh, pieces. That that particular <laughs> anime music video just blew oh. my mind the first time I saw. It. I was like, holy crap, this is good. <laughs> Very emotional. Oh, it's so I'm going to look that one up. I'm going to look that one up. I need to um, go. For that, <laughs> it's probably you'll find it somewhere with you can download it in real media or some crap format. <laughs> oh, it's actually so funny, right? <laughs> it's, it's so funny now because I'm watching um Vinland Saga on Amazon, mm. right? Uh, which, is, which is really good, it's a really good show, it's 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 phenomenal, actually. Um, so I'm watching Vinland Saga, right? And there's actually like a lot of good anime on um on Amazon Prime, just generally, it's like stuff. Mm. Stuff to watch. All the three Evangelion movies is on there. Um, oh, don't go into that. No, I'm That's not a... gonna. I'm just saying it's there. <laughs> I will. I will defend that. <laughs> right? No, I'm but, a fan. I'm a big fan. But my brain doesn't feel like melting right now. Can you explain <laughs> yes. it? So, so there's like a lot of there's like a lot of anime, and I'm just like thinking, right? The first anime that I watched and I knew it was Japanese, like because like when I was growing up, it was like it's just all cartoons. It's like Pokemon. Right. You don't generally associate Pokemon with being an anime or um, mm. metapods and Digimon. I yeah, know, all of these. But like the, like the, the, the they were first just all cartoons in English. Where I recognize like these people's drawings, like this kind of looks different from that, 
and there's like a clear art distinction was like it was Robotech. Yep, that was my thing. Right? That was me. Robotech is all my very and first I, anime. I knew it's like this is something is different about this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I used to watch that like a lot. Robotech, Saber Riders, um, Saber Riders. Wow, uh, that was this another one that was big back then. I can't Voltron. First of the North Star. Yeah, just punch a dude and his head explodes. <laughs> That's so like, actually like one of the first shows that I knew something was different. I was like, this is this is not like a normal cartoon. The thing that the thing that clued me into that anime is not just for kids. There was a Street Fighter 2 anime movie. And if you Chan were a Lee. young boy, Chan Li Shao scene. If you were a young boy, we're like, whoa, whoa, because this is not a normal cartoon. What happened, what happened with that was was that um my wife lived in Lansdowne, and there used to be a Mr. Video not far from uh, where she stayed, right? You're probably going to have to explain what Mr. Video is to the kids listening oh, to like the so show. Mr. <laughs> so, well, kids, back in the day, before there were streaming services. Think about, about Netflix, yeah. but you have to get a physical but thing. You need to get up and go there and get it. Not even so a DVD, a VHS. No, a no, no, no. You go there and you get this little blocky thing. It's, it's under the tape because you see the cover and then you go to the counter and they tell you, sorry, all the copies are actually out for the day. You can't get so it. We went to we went to Mr. Video for like you know to get a movie and whatever. And then I can I can still see it in my head. It's on the left hand side of the shop, the second last row of films, right at the bottom in the corner. Street Fighter. I was like, oh, Street Fighter. I think I have seen ads for this in all the gaming magazines that I'm reading. So I was like, we have to take this movie. Hey. Take the movie, take the movie. Come home to my house, like, uh, like. So I, I rent the movie, but we don't watch it. And we rent another movie, go to house, watch the movie, whatever. And so I go home and I take this film with me, and it's like I'm going, gonna go to work again tomorrow. So then I'll just drop the movie off, or whatever. I phone my cousins and whatever. My friends like, listen, I got this, the Street Fighter anime movie, whatever. So we watch the movie. It's it's, it's not that great, right? I mean, it's it's animated really yeah, well, but it's not the, movie. the best movie. But of course, won't my mommy walk into my room <laughs> when this shower scene happens, when Chan Lee decides to take a shower? And, <laughs> and so like what happens is she walks in, but her back is to the screen. And we all <laughs> sitting in the room, like trying to look, because we what, we were 17, 18, whatever. Right, so we're trying to look at the screen, but not look at the screen because we don't want her to turn around to look at the screen, and nobody can find the remote to fast forward or rewind or whatever. It was the most awkward moment, like it was all just like, uh huh, yes, yeah, don't okay, mommy, whatever. Right, and she's just talking and talking, of course, a very brief scene, so it's like done. So by that time, it's like, oh, and of course, then she leaves. And obviously, what, what was the first thing we did after she left the room? Rewind. Close the door. But yeah. No, but my question actually was, what was the first anime that you watched where you knew you were watching anime? Like you know you said, it was Robotech. Robotech was the first thing for me as well. Yeah, but did you but did you know that word? That's that's, that's no. So the I thing mean. was back in the day, there was a very odd thing. So if you remember back in the day, the very first major anime releases that came over to the West, which uh, movie-wise was Ghost in the Shell. That was the thing that sort of popularized anime in the West. And the studio that released it was called Manga. 
Mm-hmm. It's actually called Manga Studio, even though Manga is the, yes, Manga is the actual comic. Oh, it's but a for comic. Lo- <laughs> for a lot of people, they were like, Manga Movies. It's Manga Movies. That's even you it is. Like Manga Movies, Manga TV series. Mm-hmm. That you all thought it was one series. Actually, is, you know, everything that side. Um, but the word anime, like, I didn't know the word anime, but I knew it was Japanese. And it was a Japanese show. Um, mm-hmm. And also it helped that, you know, we had to watch it in, in simulcast back in the day. Again, we have to explain to the young kids. See, back in the day, they would put shows on TV and it wouldn't be in its original language. You had to go and turn the volume down on your TV, then tune into Radio 2000 on your radio, Yo. and then pick up the actual English stuff there because it was playing with a different language. Yo, that was wild. I remember that. The kids of the day don't know the struggle, man. The struggle was real. I wrong. did not know that. There was a lot of shows. That's how, if you ever hear people speak about Rabobi, that's where that Spider-Man. show comes from. Because <laughs> Spider-Man was dubbed in Kutkosa in South Africa and it was called Rabobi. So you either had a choice, learn that or watch this throwing, throwing a huge tantrum um, when I was, I, I was eight or nine or something. And I think it was Superman. There used to be like the show that you, that came on, on, it was like half Superman off Aquaman or off, like was a, a split thing or whatever. And that was in simulcast. No, I lie. It wasn't that. It was it was uh, um, Ghostbusters. Mm, Ghostbusters wasn't simulcast. But so which one? The real Ghostbusters? No, or? no, no. The 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 Filmation Ghostbusters. Filmation one. Uh, the Filmation I, love, I love that one. We'll, we'll get into what that is in, uh, in another time. I don't want to yes. delve too, too deep into that. But that came on and that was in Afrikaans. And then it was supposed to be simul, like simulcasted in English, and there was like a mistake, so the sound was out like oh. by a good thirty seconds. Oh. So it was unwatchable, oh. right? And I threw this huge fucking tantrum because like my daddy needs to fix this shit now and whatever, whatever. Yo, I got a hiding that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simulcast, simulcast was a real back in the day, guys. It was a, I loved it actually. It was cool. Interesting fact. So, um, what was it? Beverly Hills 90210. Mm. Right, so in Beverly Hills, like Shamiz, have you seen Beverly Hills 90210? You know about it. I know, but I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> you weren't allowed? <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, so, Beverly Hills 90210, right? So, when it first came on here, it was called Beverly Hills Hoover, as in like high school. Mm. And then because everybody spoke about 90210, they changed the title in Afrikaans also to, to be 90210. My best friend's sister was the voiceover artist for Shannon Doherty oh. in the last season that was broadcast here. So she did it for one season, and then the SAB decide, SABC decided they're not going to bring the next season. And then so she had only recorded, because uh, I think she started in the middle of the season. Um, and so she was like so excited because like, oh, like I got this amazing job and whatever. And then she did like four or five episodes. And it's like, oh, now nah, we changed our minds. <laughs> so she had like this moment of fame. So in a way, I was friends with Shannon. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> wow. You're, you're going to pull a muscle of that stretch, dude. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's true. Interesting, here's an interesting fact. Did you <laughs> yeah, know that in... In Germany, there is a gigantic 
I don't want to say market, but um, voiceover artists, they dub all the movies that come into Germany. So a lot of foreign countries, like if you go to Japan, they will play the movie in English with subtitles, Japanese subtitles. Germany dubs everything. Mm. They dub it over into, lo into the local. And the actual voiceover artists that, that do the dubbing, they are super famous. Um, they, they have like proper celebrity status. And there's a bunch of them that are the big, you know, A-list voice of artists. Mm. So you'll hear them in all the big productions. So the guy who voiced Captain America will voice Black Panther as well for argument's sake. You know, they, <laughs> they'll, you'll hear the same voice over and over for all the big movies because it's just a small group of guys and women that do this, all the voice of artists in Germany. It's um, my, my, one of my, my best friend's mom and father, he, they parents moved there for, for work purposes and they lived in an apartment block literally right next to one of the biggest cinemas in the country in Germany and it's where all the big premieres get held and then the actors will show up there the actual actors will show up and when New Fast and Furious movie comes out Vin Diesel is there you know uh, Paul Walker is there crowd goes crazy then this random dude you've never seen before in your life comes out <laughs> and the Germans lose their mind because this guy is the voice of everybody <laughs> they go crazy and my friends record, the, record the, the stuff when the people come up. You can see them people going crazy for this dude. Like this, I don't know, some random dude you see there. It's like there's like probably like even like a short stuff guy <laughs> yeah. with like with an ill-fitting suit or something. But be that as it may, I think uh I think we will end our watch uh because I'm tired and I want to go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we want to watch but, episode what, actually, 6 what, of Squid Games. I want to yes. watch episode 6 of Squid Games. It's actually the truth. I really do want to watch it. That's an excellent well, show that I need. I would like for you to message our group when you're done. After you, when you're done, please. Can, can I just say like one, one thing? Like If you want to segue to anime, if, if you haven't if you haven't tried the gateway drag that is anime, Demon Slayer is an Excellent story. It is. Point. And it's on Netflix. It is. It is on Netflix. And you should go check it out. It is exquisitely animated. It is top tier. And the second season has started, but it's not on Netflix. Yes. I think it's in production, isn't it? No, it's it's out. It's, it's, in, it's actually started. Just recently. Very mm. recently. Like two weeks ago or something. Mm. But like, Shadley's not wrong. Like that. That's actually a very good starting point. Like... Uh, Series-based anime can be incredibly daunting to get into. One Piece? No. How many episodes do I have to watch to catch well, up? Oh, like a thousand? A thousand. <laughs> but, but the thousandth episode of One Piece is going to air in the next two weeks or something. Yeah, it's, or something it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's close. Because like what's weird is like it's going through a similar phase like DBZ because it's on a thousand and... 29 chapters currently so they're kind of dragging every episode out to be one chapter usually they do mm. two to three chapters per episode yeah but um, look we uh, i i i can remember so like for those that maybe don't know right like in the late 90s early 2000s early 2000s probably more accurate yeah 2004 and so on right it was three Three anime shows that came out around about the same time, based on three very popular mangas, right? Manga. So it's it's Naruto, which Bleach. which you've probably heard of, which is incredibly popular in the West. Bleach and one, which piece. I hate, I hate Bleach with all my. You soul. have been fired from the IGN watch list. 
Because no, I, I finished everything and I was, and I was gonna say twice. I was I going to say twice. I was going to say Bleach was fantastic at the beginning, but at the point it came to a point they just had to stop. They had to stop and they didn't. It's, it's so bad. I and I'm so about halfway. But so, but I went through the I went bad. through the I went through the but great. Wait, guys, I'm trying to tell you, I went through the great Naruto filler, the freaking oh. like I was there? 160 the episodes great, of the great filler. filler war. Oh, the the cooking ninjas, the the fighting ostriches. I was and, there for it. I've seen it all. It was being released weekly, so you'd wait oh. a whole week. For a <laughs> yeah, it's so, so, so those three, those three, those were the three big shows. They're still known as the big three, right? What so is what the third one? Happen? Sorry, I missed it. So, uh, oh, sorry, one and One Piece. One Piece. And one Piece. Okay. Right. So those were the three, the three big shows. Like Naruto's story has since concluded. Bleach um, also concluded. Got canceled. It got canceled. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the details about like the up to like in terms of the manga and so on. It concluded, but yeah, One Piece is still ongoing. Um. And the thing of it is, like Shamiz was explaining, right? Like it comes on weekly and it, it didn't have traditional seasons. Like this is a new concept for anime to have seasons. They, they actually right? started it like a few years back with a... It's, yeah, like maybe like five the, years like ago. Like streaming service. I think that. it maybe even started with Attack on Titan was one of the, was like the first time where I can recall like, oh, it's like a season. Oh, only 20 episodes and then it's done and then nothing and then no filler. <laughs> right? So what they would do is, is they would they would animate the, the episodes... Uh, and they would be incredibly accurate to the original comic book that the shows were based on. And at a certain point, the animated show would catch up to the storyline in the comic books. And then they'd have to make their own shit up, like Game <laughs> of Thrones, but worse. Yes. <laughs> because then actually, they couldn't, they couldn't make shit up that was actually going to happen. So yeah, so they just, it always had to be, always had to be meaningless stuff, stuff that they could just happen in an episode and you just forget know, about it. Maybe, maybe I'd have watched the Nerys Jane Dragons. For like twenty episodes, if George R. R. Martin needed some more time to conclude, <laughs> that's that's actually what what Game of Thrones needed. They needed like Fullers. a season of filler. They just filler. like this. Sh- this shit is happening. It's happening, but it has no bearing on the rest of the story. <laughs> I w- I will say the One Piece, like because I read the manga like weekly, is probably at its peak right now. It's just been peaking and peaking. Not gonna and do it's it. Just what? <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. No, I don't expect <laughs> you to do it. I'm just saying, like, it's incredible that like he's maintained it like yes, this it well it's, throughout. It's sh- the the quality level is shocking that it's continued for so long at this like, high level. Like you, manga artists go have like the worst schedule in the world. Like yes. on average, they get like five hours off a week. Mm. <laughs> That's mm. how hard they work. They literally sleep at the desks. And so, this guy's just pumping it out over yeah. and over. Okay, guys, but I really, I need to go watch Squid Game now. So okay. <laughs> we, we need to end this. Like, I love talking to you guys, but like, there's Korean shit happening. And it's vital that I, I guess see in an hour we're just gonna we're just gonna get a gif in the, in the chat group and it's gonna <laughs> be that gif of it's gonna be that gif of Troy from community just saying my emotions, <laughs> my emotions. <laughs> thank you so much for uh thank you so much for listening to IGN's watch list. Uh just a quick reminder for the voting for the movies for next week. I have nominated the old ways, Kevin has nominated the trip. Uh, Shadi has nominated Apostle, and Jamie's has nominated Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. All four on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, thank you so much. We will see you guys next week. Tata Yala Mikey. Thank you.